This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now, in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Thousands of Muslims in northern Iraq are converting to Christianity after witnessing ISIS horror, a ministry reveals. This is the title of an article uh, by Leah Klett. Uh, it is from a the Christian, um, not the Christian Examiner, but a Christian uh, publication on the web. And this is what it says. It says more and more Kurdish Muslims living in Iraq are turning to Christ after witnessing the brutality of extremist groups like ISIS who carry out horrific acts in the name of Allah. Christian aid workers have revealed a ministry leader in the Kurdish region of Iraq told the Christian aid mission that his organization can barely keep up with the desire of refugees to learn about Christ and the Bible, which has grown increasingly, increasingly strong since ISIS overtook many parts of the region. They're just sick of Islam, he said. People are very hungry to know about Christ, especially when they hear about miracles, healing, mercy, and love. Pretty amazing testimony. The article goes on to say, we just helped. This is the the, uh, aid worker. He says, we just help because we love them. And maybe the next time we visit, we tell them about Jesus and give them Bibles. He said, we believe in the power of the word of God. We don't have many preachers. We don't have many missionaries, but we have the word of God that we're able to print, purchase, and deliver to the people and their children. What an amazing testimony. The leader said there has been a great awakening among Muslims in northern Iraq, citing many conversion accounts he has personally witnessed or heard secondhand from local churches. He recalled one particularly memorable account where a Muslim receiving aid from his ministry was given a Bible. The Muslim said, okay, but I'm Muslim. I can't become Christian. I have a big family and my father is a very extremist radical, the director director said. I said, I didn't ask you to be Christian. I'm not trying to change your religion here. I just want you to read the Bible and know who Jesus Christ is. I want you to have a relationship with God. The Kurdish Muslim agreed, and he began reading the Bible with his wife and their many children. Over time, the Muslim presented the ministry leader with a list of questions he had made while reading, and one day asked for information about the prophet of Islam. According to the Christian Aid Mission, the surprise director, who normally does not talk about Islam, gave him a token bit of information about Muhammad that did not include anything offensive about the founder of the religion. I said, why do you ask me that question? He said, he goes, you know what? I don't like Muhammad anymore. I was happy but surprised. So I said, what now? He goes, I want to be a Christian. I said, I thought you said you didn't want to be Christian before. He goes, I changed my mind. So he got saved. You know, this is just one story among many stories. This is happening happening all over the Middle East. And my guest today is actually a woman who was a former Muslim. Her name is Tatch. Uh, that's not her real name, but she, she tries to have a, a certain amount of anonymity because of her conversion from Islam to Christianity. Uh, she is a university teacher, a linguist, and a public speaker. She is an inspirational and motivational speaker. And she uses her knowledge of the Bible and her multicultural experience to help people from different backgrounds on their life journey, witnessing to them about God's love, grace, and faithfulness. She speaks at conferences, colleges, churches, and retreats. And she's also a woman's TV program director, which broadcasts programs for Muslim women around the world. 
Her website is Tatch, that's T-A-C-H dash setfree.com. Tatch, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. It's a joy to be able to share yeah. a little bit of my uh, background and my faith journey. Yeah, I'm very excited to hear uh, your testimony and and what you've been through and where you've come from. And uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is Educate for Life Radio. I'm Kevin Conover, your host. And uh, you can stream this all over the world at am1170.com, am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. So, Tatch, um, you know, on your website, you have your testimony and, and what you've gone through. And uh, I wanted to just start off by asking you, you know, how you grew up and, and where you grew up and uh, just for our listeners to hear your background. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd be happy to share about my background. I grew up in a large Muslim family. I was one of um, 11 children. We, there were 13 of us, including my parents. So that's, that's a, a very... Big, yeah, that's a big family. <laughs> yeah, it's a very typical Central Asian family, I should say. Yeah, Five boys, six girls growing up, and I was the third one from the top. And I grew up practicing Muslim traditions okay. uh, most of my life. Now, I read in your, on your testimony that you said that your parents were not practicing Muslim traditions uh, originally. Yes. yes. Well, so what happened there? How did that change? My father was, uh, worked for the government, so for him it was very uh, distant, but for my mother... Uh, it was very real. So my mother was a spiritual influence in my personal life. Okay. Now, um, this was at the time when you were growing up. This was uh, the particular country you're from. And are you? Are we trying to not say that on the air? Is it? Do you, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Thank so, you. So, yeah, no problem. For understanding. Yes. And, um, the, but the time, the, the country was under Soviet rule. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yes, for 73 years. Okay. Now, um, again, in your testimony, you mentioned that when you were growing up, the school that you were going to actually was teaching atheism. That's, that's true. Because when we were under Russia, they forced atheism on everyone. Wow. And uh, schools, high schools, and people could not celebrate the religious holidays. Uh, right around that time, you see the police walking in the street, making sure that nobody is sacrificing an animal and celebrating the religious holidays. Yeah. Uh, any kind of, uh, uh, are you referring, what are you referring to as sacrificing animals? You're referring to Passover or something like that? Uh, there's, it's called Kurban Bayram in, okay. in our tradition, you uh-huh. know? So it's an annual uh, celebration. It's a big celebration for Muslim people for three days where families, friends come, they share meals and, um, they just uh, celebrate. Okay, so the police actually wouldn't even let, let anybody do any of that? No, during the Soviet Union, they yeah. wouldn't. If they catch you doing that, then they would just um, now, send them home. Now, was your community mainly Muslim, or were there also, was there a, a, a Christian population as well? Where I grew up, it was uh, predominantly Muslim. Okay. No Christians growing up until the Soviet Union collapsed. And Turkmenistan became an independent country. That was in 1991. And that's when the missionaries were allowed. And also there was a change in our constitution where it said freedom of religion is um, allowed. Interesting. Okay, so people began to be able to practice uh, Islam uh, openly. 
Uh, yes, they did. After the independence, they actually went back to reviving the old uh, Muslim traditions and customs because now they had freedom. But Turk- uh, the Central Asia is um, where I grew up is a folk Islam, so it's not okay it- like uh, Muslim Muslims in Iran or Afghanistan. Okay, so it's not is it it's not uh, leaning towards Sunni or Shia. We are uh, Sunni. Sunni, okay. But it's more folk Islam. I see. Okay, very yes. uh, more mystical, like yes, yes, uh-huh. okay. And then um, now, your father, uh, he was not dedicated to Islam really, but the government began to put pressure on, or, or people began to put pressure on him to to become more traditionally Muslim. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Then. Um, then he started praying five times a day, doing the things uh, Muslim people do. Uh, most people start thinking about their life after death once they reach 40 or 45 and oh, man. 50 I, I, right I around there. 40 next month. That's trouble. I'm going to have to start thinking about. <laughs> you have to. Otherwise, you'll get into trouble. Yeah. Um, and is that, is, are you saying that that's where your father was at the time? He was starting to think about those things or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, um, I would see him praying five times a day. And how did that affect you? So did you, did you become, uh, you know, a practicing Muslim also? I would say yes. I was actually the only one who was interested in, um, Muslim traditions in my family, among my siblings, I said I'm one of 11. So from a very young age, my mother influenced me. So I used to go to a holy place where I grew up, uh, worshiping dead spirits. And there were there was this holy place. Uh, now, most people would not, if they heard something like that, they would be surprised to hear that Islam involves the worship of dead spirits. That's not something that uh, you normally hear about. Uh, my guest today is Tatch, and she is uh, somebody who has converted out of Islam uh, into Christianity. Today, she's a follower of Jesus Christ and has an incredible ministry. Her website is tatch-setfree.com. That's T-A-C-H. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to continue to hear from her about her story and how she came to know Christ out of a Muslim background, living in uh, Central Asia and so forth. So stay with us. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And you can stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And you can listen to a recording of this show as well as previous shows. We've got all kinds of great information on the site and classes you can take on all kinds of different issues, including a very relevant issue, which is Islam. All over the news today, uh, hundreds of Muslims coming to Christ because of what's happening in the Middle East with ISIS and other uh, extremists. And my guest today, Tatch, is actually somebody who came to Christ out of a Muslim background. And uh, we left off talking about uh, how... Uh, she was involved in Islam, became a, a traditional Muslim. Uh, her, her father was pressured to become Muslim after her country uh, got out from under the, the pressure of the Soviet Union to be atheist. And so uh, pretty interesting story she has. Anyway, Tatch, can you pick up uh, where you left off and the fact that you were now Muslim mm-hmm. and then... I know that you ended up wanting to go to college, but that was difficult because a lot of Muslim girls weren't allowed to go to college where, where you were. That's right. That's right. So is that pretty normal around the world that uh, there's pressure not to go to college from in a traditional Muslim families? Okay. I would say that's very true. And I was compared to many other families. Of course, I was I would say I grew up in a more traditional family. And so when I expressed my desire to go to college. Then there arose this question of why should why should you? Yeah, and it wasn't just my father. When it's the whole family, they get involved in the lives of the family. That's that's a Everybody, typical Muslim family. The whole community. So it's not does. one. Yes, yeah. correct. Not yeah. one person's choice. My my father's brothers were involved, and they were well, six brothers, him, all six right. brothers, <laughs> giving <right>. their opinions. <laughs> yes. Why are you letting your daughter go instead of your sons? And so in a way, I'm glad that my father was exposed a little more because he worked for the government. So he had a little open mind in that area. He said, my sons are not showing any interest. So my daughters are. And so my older sister went to college. And so that was a wide open door for me to express my interest and, and be able to go. college and that led to the next step in in what happened in your life how god was working in your life i will just mention one thing before college yeah i experienced a a huge emptiness in my heart since Mm -hmm. i was nine years old and i knew that i needed something more in my little heart i couldn't understand what it was so i kept searching for the truth and Searching for the truth back then, before yeah. college, was for me to go to this holy place. It was 10 minutes away from my parents' house. And they called it a holy place because it was halfway to Mecca. And there were 360 prophets were buried. And 
there would be people from other countries like Germany, Japan, come to that place because it was a holy place to wash their sins away. Oh, interesting. So I went to this place until I left for college because I had this void in my heart. It almost felt like I had a hole. So that search continued even when I left for college. And this is this is what we were talking about earlier, that this had to do with the, the worship of dead spirits and so forth. That's right. That's okay. right. Every single Friday I went to that place. And it's very interesting. The enemy, I believe, uh, keeps us interested and mm-hmm. keeps us in bondage by doing that because it just lasted me a week. Then I would feel empty in my heart again. It's I compare it to just filling my tank in my car. Mm-hmm. I drive for two weeks, then it runs empty. I have to fill it up. So that was my little heart back then. Yeah. And in, but, a, in a lot of ways, that's similar to people try to fill their lives with all kinds of things, whether that's entertainment or whatever right. it might be. Yeah. Uh, and I, I uh, think of it as like a sugar high, almost like that's surviving right. off of candy, yeah. you know, yeah. rather than what, what you need to do well and to yeah. be healthy. Christ said, um, whoever drinks from the water I give him, that water will become a spring flowing up within him that's right. to everlasting life. It's yeah. something that you will never uh, lose the satisfaction of that. With Christ. Yes, with Christ. I have to fully agree with you yeah, on that one. Yeah, uh-huh. Because I've experienced both the emptiness and being filled, just like uh, the scripture that you you are describing. So I left for college. The college was, it was in a different city. I had to be completely, I couldn't be coming back to that place because I was a student. You know, student is a poor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't have a lot of um, money to be traveling back. It was an hour and a half flight. So you were disconnected from that. Yes. uh, Yes. And that's when I met these two wonderful Christian women uh, from Germany and they were missionaries in Turkmenistan. They came offering their help as a a medical people, two of them. And so it was just um, wonderful. Yeah, I I got to crack up uh, the testimony on your website. You write here, they always witnessed to me. My breakfast was Jesus, my lunch was Jesus, and my dinner was Jesus. And then you put, it was so aggravating. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So what was going through your mind as they're constantly talking to you about Jesus? I just thought something is wrong with them because (laughs) in my mind, I am thinking they are in my country. You know, thinking about when you are in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah. So I'm thinking that in my mind. They came to my country and this is a Muslim country. They have to respect our tradition, our religion, our culture. Why are they preaching at me? So that really frustrated me. I was just so tempted to even report them to the government. I didn't. But Why didn't you? I what kept that, you from doing that? I was at that point. I watched their lifestyle, and I was so drawn to their character qualities. I would wake up 6 o'clock in the morning to do my school homework, and I would see them opening their Bible with a cup of coffee every single morning having a quiet time with their God. And I thought, if they are doing this for their God, there must be something special about their God. So just watching their lifestyle, really. That really speaks. I mean, that that's an amazing message right there. It just uh, tells us how significant is the way we live that people are watching us at all times to see, hey, is this authentic? Is this real? Or are they just putting on a show? That's right. That's right. Boy, and in this case, I mean, that in a lot of ways, 
their authenticity is what saved them That's because right. it kept you from reporting them. That's right. They did both, though, Kevin. Yeah. They, did the, they witnessed to me, you know, sharing scriptures. And at the same time, they lived. I mean, they walked out the truth. That's what makes them so different. They were such great examples to me in that sense. They didn't just talk the talk, but they walked it mm-hmm. in real life and practical ways. And they were loved by the community there in Central Asia because they really um, they shared very, the gospel. They were very yes. loving people, too. Very, very all, loving. Sincere and authentic. There was no... Yes, uh, very caring. There's no hidden agenda or, or ulterior motives. No, nothing yeah. like that. One time we had an uh, argument. I had an argument with one of them. And, you know, in, in a Muslim way, you know, you don't really deal with the conflict. Dealing with the conflict is very offensive in that culture. So they tried to, you know, we argued about some translation work that I had done. And so I was offended. How do I deal with it? I don't talk to them. I just hide myself in the bedroom. And so I was so amazed when she left a beautiful card, a note and with a box of chocolate saying, I'm so sorry, you know, for if I had offended you, if I said anything hard. And that was another example to me. Now that's that's interesting to me. Is that is that because in your uh, culture, in the family you grew up in, it was not something you did to to say you're sorry and to make amends in that way? Or what? no, they don't. They don't. It's just pride. That's that's what it is. Would they you say that not. that is not taught uh, in the Quran or or in the Muslim culture or what? Is that just uh, such a heavy emphasis within Christianity? Uh, it's it's. Think about the culture. You know, nobody makes their own decision. It's everything involves community. Mm. And when you have a conflict that everybody, you know, so it's not conflict is not something natural Mm. in that culture. It's not. They never teach that. So Mm. it's not taught. And that's why this forgiveness issue is a very big issue in in that culture. It's really hard to forgive. The way they deal with it is they don't talk to each other for years and years. Oh, wow. And they may never talk to each other until they die, you know. So conflict is not something. Yeah, that's that's really that interesting. Deal with. Um, well, my guest is Tatch, and she um, is a uh, she used to be a Muslim, has converted to Christianity, become a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, really uh, not a religious uh person but a a lover of jesus and a very important distinction we're going to be right back and continue this uh discussion about how she decided to become a follower of jesus stay with us before i bring my need i will bring my heart not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, San Diego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. 
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fastlane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. Hundreds of Muslims convert to Christianity amid violent persecution. This is from Charisma News. It says here, hundreds of Muslims fleeing their home countries are finding their peace in Christianity, according to recent reports. In his Berlin church alone, Pastor Martins has seen his congregation swell to close to 600 as refugees accept Christ, the Associated Press reports. However, the nagging belief remains that the men and women are only in church to claim asylum and not give their hearts to God. And this is a quote. I know there are again and again people coming here because they have some kind of hope regarding their asylum. Martin tells the AP. I am inviting them to join us because I know that whoever comes here will not be left unchanged. Martin's evangelical Lutheran Trinity Church started as a small community earlier this year, according to a translation of their website. Now it's a congregation full of refugees from Iran, Afghanistan and Syria. CNN reports millions are flocking to Europe amid the violence in their homelands. The new site The news site reports France will take in 24,000 in the next two years. Britain will take in up to 20,000 in the next five years. And the U.S., which this is in the news right now, there's all kinds of uh, conflict over it, is potentially uh, going to uh, allow 10,000 refugees to come to the U.S. But Germany appears to be the new choice location for many fleeing persecution. Bloomberg News reports that the European nation has accepted more than 200,000 migrants this year alone and is expected to overtake its record of 438,000 set more than two decades ago. Uh, Pretty uh, amazing. What's happening here is that Muslims are essentially moving all around the world. And my guest today is Tash. She is uh, used to be a Muslim and now is a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, Tash, you know, something I thought was really interesting is that, you know, people are, are, are thinking about all these ways to deal with the problem, right, in a lot of ways of Islam. They say, look, at there's, a, there's the problems of how they treat women. There's the problems of how they view their religion and that they need to advance it through some yeah. groups, say, through force and yeah. violence. And there's all these problems. And you know what I was thinking is that, you know, everybody's looking at solutions that deal with the outside. That's right. Rather than That's the right. inside. And everything is a Band-Aid if it's just from the outside. Yeah. The inside, dealing with the heart and changing the perspective on reality is what really needs to happen. That's right. And that's what happened in your life. That's right. You nailed it. Yeah. Wow, that's so important. You know, Tatch, uh, uh, for our listeners, Tatch actually speaks all over the place and talks to people about how to reach Muslims because she herself is a testimony uh, because she was brought to Christ through uh, Christian missionaries in college. But Tatch, I wanted to let you pick up uh, where we left off, and that is, so ultimately these girls, uh, you wrote here in your testimony on your website, it says, I politely listened to them wishing they would leave me alone. I thought no matter how hard they witnessed, I would never become a believer and never read the Bible. 
being from a Muslim background, I thought my parents should accept Christ first, then and only then I would follow him. And yet here you are today, a follower of Christ. So, so what happened? <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a good uh, statement there. I just realized now, once you accept Christ, you have no power over things. He has all the, the control. Mm-hmm. I kept searching still. These girls witnessed to me two and a half years. Wow. I am a very analytical, logical thinker, so I had to keep thinking. And, and that just should reading. encourage our listeners, be persevere, right? Persevere. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I actually didn't accept Christ until four and a half years after I've been witnessed that long because I had to see the truth for myself. So one way of doing that was for me, somebody gave me a, a little booklet and it had scriptures from the Bible on one side, and the second column had uh, the Quran verses. So it was the comparison between the two of them. But I just remember that there was one verse that really got my attention, and that was um, God saying that he is the one who takes the, the vengeance. We don't have to do that where Islam said, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Yeah. So I was so, I, I was just drawn by the things that I read, even just comparing uh, was it the love two, and the, the mercy books. that was right. demonstrated through the scriptures? Yes. Just, you can see as black and white, uh, uh, the both sides, both sides. And then I came across to this wonderful scripture, John fourteen twenty four, because my roommates had given me a Bible just mm-hmm. in case. New living translation, perfect for a new believer. Yeah. And it said, peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The word peace is key for me. I mentioned in the uh, uh, earlier that I had a hole in my heart. So that's what uh, kept me searching for the truth. When I read that verse, I just thought, peace, that's what I need. That's what I need. And uh, this just were God's words. The scriptures, some of the scriptures I've read really helped me and comforted me. And so that's what led me to accepting Christ. And it was just an ordinary night, one night, I couldn't fall asleep until almost uh, 4.30 or 5.30 a.m. I can't remember exactly. And the questions were just, they were not like loud, but the inner voice. That's what I kept hearing. Why do you fear men? Why are you waiting for so long? You know, the, the questions, the inner questions. And were you, were you struggling with it? And uh, when you say fear, fear yes. of men, was it afraid of what your family would think? Yes. And, my, yeah. my family, what would they say? What would my brother say? What would the government, the government controls everything mm. and they are anti-Christian. If they find out I've become a Christian, I will have no job, no housing. I will have no access to any a government provision. Is there an even in that in your particular country? Is there a risk of life? As far as I know, for for some people, apostasy leaving Islam is actually a potential life threatening situation. Uh, they won't like behead you or yeah. kill you, but yeah. put you in jail. And there has been the instances of just um, dropping you off in the desert somewhere with no food, no water, just let you die of uh, thirst wow. and hunger. So you wrote here um, that, uh, like you said, it was four years, and you just came to a point where you decided, "I'm going to, I'm going to make that commitment, regardless of these 
factors around me, these yes. fears that I have. Yes, that night I did. I finally, somebody had given me a Campus Crusade for Spiritual Laws little mm. booklet. I was ready to pray and I didn't have anybody to pray with me, but I just uh, prayed that prayer and it was around 5.30 and I went to bed and it was, I was able to fall asleep. And the next day in the morning I woke up, I did see the, I mean, I noticed, I shouldn't say I saw, but I noticed the, the dramatic change in my heart because I, it didn't feel empty or void anymore. I just had this joy. I couldn't even explain that joy. And I used to take a taxi to my work in the morning or sometimes take the bus. Everything used to seem dead. But that morning, I just felt like the trees were clapping for for, for joy. You know, the Isaiah verses yeah. where it talks about the trees clapping their hands. And yeah. I, I really witnessed that. And my life has never been the same since then. And I still struggled. How do I tell my parents now? I became a Christian and I, I was um, shy for a while. I didn't even share it with anybody except my roommates. I had South African roommates at that time. So. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you a question when we come back, because we're coming up on a break here. But when we come back, I want to ask you, you said that what really drew you was the love you saw coming out of the scriptures, the love of Jesus, the mercy, the grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, is that the same for a lot of Muslims? But we'll we'll wait till we come back. And uh, so stay tuned. Tash is going to continue to uh, get a, help us see inside the mind of somebody who is currently following Islam so that we can better know how to love them and reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that's who we are. Come on. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170 The Answer in San Diego. You can stream this show all around the world at AM 1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, and you can pick up recordings of our show and uh, the recording of this show. You can also check it out on our YouTube channel if you. If you want to see what we look like here, you can you can look on the YouTube channel. We've got all the shows up there, previous shows too. And my guest this evening is Tatch. She is actually um, used to be a Muslim and now is a follower of Jesus Christ. Her website is Tatch. That's T A C H dash setfree dot com, and she travels all over the place speaking to people about uh, how to love people who are following Islam and also 
how to um, what's going on inside the heart of somebody who follows Islam. For her, a big part of the reason she came to Christ was the love she saw coming out of Christians who were following Christ and also uh, what she read in the scriptures. And Tatch, you said that um, you said uh, in your testimony here on your website, it says that you were shy about sharing your faith. You were still, you know, a, a little afraid of telling people what had happened. How did your family react to you uh, accepting Christ? Uh, you know, all your brothers and sisters and your parents and so forth. Yeah. My mother was okay with that. My father made a comment about, oh, we have a different religion now. But I had a brother who rejected me. Because when you become a Christian in that culture, you have, you just deny your, it's as if you have abandoned your identity, your family. So that's what was going on on my brother's, mind he took it a lot harder he said you brought shame to mm. our family and i do not want to see you and um for 10 years there was no relationship um with that brother but thank god god restored just as i prayed that relationship after 10 years now have any of your family members come to christ since then no none of them okay they still they because they fear the government the persecution and all these um other things that might happen to them yeah. Now you, you said in your testimony here too, that you, uh, began to, you know, as you were, tr began to travel abroad and so forth, you had to apply for visas and you ran into trouble, uh, mm -hmm. because of that. What happened there? That's right. A couple times when I tried to leave the country, you know, to, for training, for training purposes, mm -hmm. uh, the government, you know, what they do is they call you in because at that time they required an exit visa. Nowadays they don't have it. So you had to go to talk to uh, some of the officials, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And one time they kept me for two hours. I had no idea what, what they were going to do to me. I just went in to require when my visa will be ready. And, but they had a different plan. So there were two men and just mm. interrogated me for two hours. All kinds of threatening. threatening and asking you about your Christianity. About my Christianity. Mm. And they, they, the interesting point that they made, they try to get you to the point of denying your faith. And that's their goal. So they approached me with this um, uh, proposal. They said, okay, if you deny your faith right now, we will let you go. You will have freedom to travel mm -hmm. and you'll be able to have access to all the uh, government privileges that you have. But in my heart, I knew I was fearful and I had been a Christian only for six months at that point. So I was uh, a little bit nervous. I, I could have, you know, if they had uh, pushed me more, maybe I would have uh, thought of denying my faith. But God, Holy Spirit is so faithful mm -hmm. to remind us of the scripture. So I strongly believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in everybody's heart. And at, uh, that right, at, right then in the office, as I was fearful, he reminded me of Matthew 10 and chapter 10. Jesus is talking to his um, disciples, you know, don't fear anything. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. And also towards the end of that chapter, he says, if you deny me before the authorities, I will deny you before my father. Oh, that's heavy. It was, it <laughs> just hit me really hard. Yeah. I thought here I have to make a decision. I either will be denied by the father in heaven or by these government officials. So I 
course, I picked uh, God because that's where life is. Yeah. And that's really what that's really what our walk with the Lord is uh, on a regular basis. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. things that are easy to deny uh, or easier. And then there's things that get harder and harder. And that may be the temptation to sin. That may be the temptation to please some authority figure right. for, to get a job promotion or to get business or whatever it is. That's right. But uh, it's something we have to do on a regular basis as Christians. Yeah, I have been detained from the airport, too, uh, at least um, once or twice because my traveling was uh, watched all the time. And this is because you're speaking in different parts of the world? Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a believer, you know, confiscated my password and they won't let me fly out. One time I was almost close to getting on the plane and they detained me from the plane and uh, they said, take your luggage and, and go back. And and do they know that? I mean, when they look you up in the computer, it says yes, they Christian know. They, they, converted from uh, Islam or something like that? Or I have no clue what kind of note they have, but they know who is a Christian, because I I have been approached even before um, by the the KGB. Uh, they just, even when I wasn't traveling, they would call me in. And each time it was two plus hours that they, they kept me and, uh, and they, asking these questions. And the guy specifically said, one guy, I just sat from him right across from each other. Before I said anything, he said, tell me the truth, because I already know all the truth about you. Do not hide anything from me. So they had somebody following me everywhere I went. Wow. Huh. And I had no idea because I was involved in the Bible translation work. And I was helping the missionaries with language, tutoring, teaching them about culture. I was very active. So, Wow. That's yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty scary stuff. But um, now what about Christians here in San Diego, Southern California? Uh, you know, we have uh, quite a few... Uh, Muslims in our community and mm-hmm. uh, there are people God has called us to love. And what, what can we do as Christians uh, here? What's the best way uh, with your testimony, everything, what, what advice would you give? That's a great question, Kevin. I really encourage um, I mean, people to find places where they, um, they hold Muslim uh, trainings. I actually have a, a guy named Daniel Messiah. He is a, a former Muslim from Egypt who is a Christian now, and he has all kinds of tra- training in San Diego area. And I've actually attended a couple of them myself because he gives a wonderful perspective because he actually grew up as a fanatic. Oh, wow. Islam, mm-hmm. you know, in that culture, in, mm-hmm. that, in that environment. So he always has uh, his meetings. And there is a website where people can find that information if they want to find out where the, the trainings are happening. It's uh, openthegates.com. And there's another one that's called, um, I believe it's Building Bridges. So there are opportunities and teams of people working with the local Somali community or Iraqi community. I know a church in El Cajon area. Uh, they have a couple uh, from Iraq, but they're believers now. So they lead groups of um, outreach opportunities with different groups of people. Uh, people can um, connect with them. It's Faith Community Bible Church. Yeah. And the great thing is, is that uh, we're in a position here where we're in a much safer environment That's right. uh, than being over somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere. That's right. Yeah. And I also encourage you to invite them to your homes. 
Yeah. They love hospitality. Yeah. I've uh, had a, I, I just recently had a Muslim exchange student at my house. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. From Kuwait and uh, learned a lot and it was very interesting. And, and, uh, but uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And, and my guest tonight is Tatch. She is, uh, used to be a Muslim and is now a Christian and she travels all over the world speaking to people about uh, what's happened in her life. Stay with us. We're going to finish up the show. We've got one more segment to go. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at TuckersValleyFurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast Back to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer. And my website's educateforlife.org. My guest is Tatch. Her website is tatch-setfree.com. If you're interested in getting more involved in ministry, uh, reaching out, loving Muslims, sharing with them the love of Jesus Christ, um, openthegates.com is a website she shared. And our last segment here, we're going to just talk about what is the best way to build relationships with uh, those of the Muslim faith? And uh, how do we uh, communicate in a way that is loving, kind, effective, and kind of uh, get rid of the fear that surrounds a lot of the issues we see in the news all the time, terrorism and, and uh, a lot of the horrible things that are going on. And sometimes that can drive us to a point where we're, we are afraid to even uh, have a discussion. Um, my, my myself, I actually was involved in a ex- student exchange program. Tatcha, I was telling you where for about maybe four or five, six months, I had a uh, Kuwaiti mm. uh, student uh, who was in our home, and he was a, um, a Sunni. Was it Sunni Shia? I can't remember which what which he was, oh, okay. but but uh, it was very interesting. I learned a lot, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. a great time. So, what what advice would you give to our our uh, listeners about how to communicate effectively and Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thank you for that um, that uh, question. I had a hard time myself until I studied a lot more in detail about Islam because we don't want to offend them. That's number one. Really understanding their culture, and they love that when people understand. And I learned uh, through the process that there are five um, major objections to the gospel of Christ. And number one, they think. Well, I mean, they say the the Christian scripture has been corrupted. So as you go to share, you need to be aware of that and prepare to answer 
their questions. And there are scriptures uh, from the Quran that actually says, Torah, Injil, which is the New Testament, and Psalms, they all three came from God. So take those uh, passages and discuss, be ready to discuss with them. Uh, the second one is uh, the Trinity. They say that it's an insult. They do not agree with the Trinity because they think that it denies the uniqueness and oneness of God. Mm. It's because like, God it's like is one. It's polytheism or something. That's right. Yeah. That's right. God is one. And so it's very offensive to them. So what you do is don't bring up the Trinity until you see the person, you know, growing or further into the relationship. Uh, just being wise about that. And the next one is they deny that God has a son. Otherwise, they deny Jesus as um, God's son. And then they also deny Jesus' deity. He's not God. And the last one is Jesus. They say Jesus was not crucified and the atonement is not necessary. In a Muslim culture, in their mind, the sin cannot be transferred from one to the other. They've got to pay for their own They've sins. They've got to pay for their own sins. Yeah, yeah. And that's a scary thought right there. It is. Yeah. It's really scary. So these are the things, if you just prepare for these, and there are verses from the Quran. And um, I mentioned Daniel Messiah earlier. He has a book called What is Islam? And he has all these in that little booklet and all the script, I mean, the, the verses from the Quran. How do you spell uh, Messiah? It's M-A-S-S-E, sorry, I-E-H, Messiah. Okay. Daniel Messiah. What is Islam is the title of the book. And he has everything, all the, the proofs from uh, the Quran. If you have that book, before you go to witness to your Muslim friend or your Muslim neighbor, then you will be so much better prepared. And one other thing to really take into account is really understanding the critical role of the relationship because Western and Eastern relationships are often in conflict. For example, yeah. Middle Eastern people, they prefer a long-term, slow-developing relationships. For, for us, for Westerners, you know, we are doers, so we want to get it going now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we want to do it now here in America, I mean. Yeah. And uh, we want to develop the relationships around activity. For that culture, for the Middle Eastern culture, they don't. It's, they prefer just to sit, visit over a cup of coffee anytime, mm. not planned. So it's spontaneous uh, kind of activities they do. So we have to think about these things. And if we try to do it our own ways, it can be offensive to them. The relationships take priority over schedules. So they want to have a quality and quantity time, you know, when, um, uh, when they get together. So trust is another big thing. I just uh, highly recommend of being introduced to someone they know. Credibility, trust is a major issue for them. They don't even share their personal things with their closest friends in their own community because they gossip. So that's why I think that's... Um, that's their, their fear. So, so really it's just about looking around your neighborhood and That's kind of right. building relationships. With them uh, slowly like they want. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. And uh, because they, I think of some finding common ground 
that's the best way too. I think about if it's a woman, uh, women to women relationship, then talk about food, talk about sewing, mm. or talk about music or going shopping or something, something common to them, yeah. something that they like to do. And you, you can't really take them out of the family context. Then they get into trouble mm. because they have to report to their husbands or whoever in the family. So we have to be very careful uh, with them as we do that. And we have to be a, a servant to them and come as a learner because when they see that interest that you're interested in learning about their culture, they open up more. Yeah. So this is really involves, um, you know, the Christian community specifically needs to yeah. uh, start to make time in their schedules because that, right. that American culture is so busy yes. and so yeah. focused on uh, material things that sometimes it, it, it leaves no room for our own families, much less investing into the lives of those around us. That's right. That's exactly it. They want, their expectations of us as we try to friend them is it's uh, commitment, time, loyalty, like I said, trust, and also sacrifice. So you have to be available whenever they have a need. Mm. And if you say no, that's, for some of them, that's offensive. Mm. That means you're not the closest uh, a friend to them. Now, how, how can our uh, listeners, if they want to support what you're doing and uh, what is it that you're you're working towards right now in your ministry and, and what you're uh, trying to accomplish. My desire is to be able to teach the gospel. And I have been able to do that through the TV broadcasting that I'm involved with uh, for women. So teaching the truth, teaching the gospel. And I try, I have been uh, teaching lately the stories of the women from the Old Testament, that's something that they can identify with. Mm. They know all these prophets, Moses, Solomon, David. And uh, so I have been teaching that and just helping them understand women, even in the Bible, they struggled. And yeah. it's the same all, all, all around the world and sharing some uh, real stories. So I hope that I will uh, continue to be able to uh, share the truth with them. If somebody wants to watch your TV show, how do they, how do, they do that? I sometimes put it on my website, some of it, so they can go okay. to Tatch Set Free. That's great. The one Tatch, you thank you so much for being on the show this evening. Thank you for having me. Huge blessing. That's Tatch-SetFree.com. That's T-A-C-H-SetFree.com. Uh, a, a great ministry that she's involved with, an incredible testimony. Uh, be, come back with us next week. We're going to be uh, talking to, I actually have some other uh, people that have, are heavily involved with the Muslim community who are also going to be sharing and uh, some other shows lined up here that will be very interesting. So uh, thanks for being with us this evening. God bless you. Have a great evening. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. 
you know that's not your name. 